Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mad Men Recap. My name is Paul. And this is John. And uh, I know it's been a little while, John. I've missed you. I've missed you, too. Um, I feel as if... Uh, I feel as if we... Uh, we've taken a bit of a hiatus, and I'd like to... <clears throat> Uh, apologize to uh, to our audience. Sorry, audience. Uh, we we've it's been a busy summer, and both John and I are extremely excited for uh, the new season. John, it's coming in just a little over a week. That's right, a week and a half. July twenty fifth. Get excited! I can't wait. Uh, if you go to iTunes right now, you can see a little uh, pre featurette for free. Um, just it's a lot of uh, Matt Weiner talking about uh, the show. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. Uh, they inter- interview some of the stars, and it's free. Um, and you can already sign up for the uh, season pass on iTunes, which I will be doing, John. All right. Uh, I don't, it's kind of weird right now. Uh, as we speak, there's an award show for sports players called the ESPYs. Okay. And I don't know. I doubt it was an invite, but somehow January Jones has snuck in. Is she there with Bobby Flay, John? Uh, no, no. I, I think she's actually... Uh, sitting next to Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. I don't know who that is. I'm not a sports fan. All right. John. Yeah. Guess what? What do we got? It's episode 10, John. It's called The Inheritance. And we, of course, as always, have learned three magical things. Number one. Glenn continues to be the creepiest kid ever to exist. Did you see this guy? It's ridiculous. Number two. Grandpa Gene continues to rub us. And just about everybody else the wrong way, John. And number three, Don, um, he's taking a jet plane to California. And uh, that's, a, that's a great big foreshadow. You know what I'm saying? All right. Indeed. Indeed. Well, before we get to any of that, we just start at the office. We do. Um, let me just pull my thing back here. Uh, what, 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 what happens then, John? Well, so what, what's going on is there is an upcoming business trip. The, uh, the, the American aviation, the space, pretty much everything in America that's going into flight, whether uh, outer space or in the air, is going to have a giant convention in California. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, one half of the Deuce crew in Paul Kinsey and P. Campbell yep. are going to be going. Okay. And so they're getting briefed and prepped by Don and Peggy on what's going to happen, who's going to be there, what to do, and you know, really what to look into. I believe neither of these ass clowns read anything or had any idea who they were supposed to talk to. Yeah, no, it was actually quite funny when, when Don looks at him and he's like, did you read anything she prepared? Maybe we should send her. They should send her. Uh, I wouldn't send Kinsey to a funeral. The guy's an idiot. And he looks bad in that beard. Oh, my God. I, you know what? I can't, I can't decide where he looks worse. Is he better with or without the beard? Because without the beard... He looks like he's just a, it's like a fat 10-year-old who can't put the PlayStation down. With the beard, he's just pretentious. He's a pretentious douche. So either way, we lose. Indeed. Indeed, John. Uh, we move then to uh, more Trudy and uh, uh, Rapey Pete talk. Uh, he's not raping in this scene, which is nice, but they are in bed, and they're speaking about uh, adoption, John. Well, even before that, Trudy's like, you know, it's California. Can I go? Can I go? And he's yeah. like, nope. <laughs> Nope, but yeah, then it moves on to uh, to adoption. You know, they're not they're not getting pregnant, and uh, Pete is uh, very anti adoption uh, to to he, start. He is he, waspy, John. He is. He is. He actually uh, threatens to put his foot down. Uh oh! Watch out. What would that be like? A size six and a half loafer? 
I think it would just be um, it would be not frightening um, and and just awkward. But that's that's about it. They uh, they decide uh, he decides really not really to do adoption. No, no. I don't. I don't know. Uh, we have uh, we have in the next scene, which really kind of sets this episode on its way. Uh, Don getting a phone call from uh, from Betts saying uh, that her dad had had a stroke. And Don, being the stand-up dude that he is, uh, <laughs> really, geez, uh, says that he'll pick her up in the morning, and they drive up uh, to Connecticut. Correct? Well, I just I, I like um, I like actually I think isn't she from uh, isn't she from like outside of uh, Philly? I don't really know. This this makes us bad recappers. Yes, mm. but I thought maybe it's not Jersey. I thought it was outside Pennsylvania. I don't know. Why. I thought it was Connecticut. I, I'm but anyways, I like I like how the the phone call ends, you know, ends like her estranged husband who's in a hotel and her dad just had a stroke and mm-hmm. he's with a woman she hates and he ends the conversation by like saying, "Don't worry, everything's going to be okay." What that's what you do, John. I know, but I mean her response was so perfect. Like, yeah, sure. Of course. I don't it's be okay. I end almost all my phone calls with that. What are the ones you don't end with that? Uh, they're usually, uh, telemarketers. <laughs> anyway. And so, so we, we get to Grandpa Jean's house. We do. Uh, and I think, I don't, I don't remember if this is the first time that we meet his new wife. No, well, it's not a, they never officially get married. Oh. But, uh, but it, it is, and it's not the first time, but this is Gloria. Man, do not like Gloria. They make her unlikable. She seems a bit evil. She likes to keep the house dark. Um. And from what I can tell, she's a bit of a trollop, John. I agree with the trollop. She actually, when she keeps the house dark, she says it's doctor's orders, which what? I kind of believe. Is that true? Yeah. That oh, geez. Trying to minimize stimulation in the uh, face of a, a stroke victim. Now, as far as doctoring goes, John, which I don't know a lot about, and I expect you to know a lot about, uh, uh, Grandpa Jean seems to be in reasonably good shape for just having a stroke, no? Uh... Well, no, he, he actually, he, I think he plays this very well. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have a stroke, part of the brain dies, but you never know what part. Okay. So, you know, you can have the part that affects speech, affects memory, affects vision, affects use of one side of your body. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's kind of uh, what, what can happen is a lot of people, they get dozens of little baby strokes where it's not like a big thing where you go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of what leads to a lot of people having dementia, which is what he's exhibiting where he doesn't know who's who and where he is. Um, so I, I really thought he played this pretty well. Interesting, John. Interesting. Uh, appar- apparently the part of his brain that hates Don Draper didn't die, though. No, no, that's in full force. <laughs> and uh, apparently that part is stimulated by puzzles. Oh, right. I I have no joke for that. Um, we, it does get uncomfortable a few times. He keeps um, mistaking uh, Betty for his... Um, his um, passed on uh, wife, uh, yeah. which is a Ru- bit uncomfortable. Ruthie. Ruthie, to say the least. Um, it, it only gets more uncomfortable as the episode goes on. Uh, but then let's just move back. Is it all right if we move back to the office, John? Oh, yeah, yeah. I like talking about uh, Sheila. Because Captain Kinsey is going to lunch with his. Um, with his lady girlfriend, friend. with his yes. with, with his with his lady friend, um, because he's uh, so progressive, 
uh, as we know, and uh, so in touch with humanity. Um, uh, he's dating uh, an, an African-American lady uh, who is a checkout girl, who Joan is not very nice to, but who is altogether very lovely. Yes, yes. She's delightful. Very much so. And anyways, she was planning on her and Kinsey going down to the, the Deep South for a protest for how uh, black people are being treated down there, which mm-hmm. is not good. And, uh, you know, he, she, she's just now finding out, like, oh, you're going to be flying off to sunny California. I think, uh, I think leave it to um, Captain Ken Cosgrove to put that foot in his mouth. Actually, Pete did it. Was it Pete? Yeah. Jeez, Paul. Oh, Come yeah. on. Get something right. Uh, it, it makes sense. It was Ravy Pete. Now, is it me, or does he seem altogether kind of delighted that he doesn't have to go on this trip? Well, no, I think he's kind of delighted he's going to California. You get, I get an undertone of, oh my God, I dodged a bullet on that one. A little bit. No? Yes. All right. Because he might be worried about, like, reverse lynching. Reverse? You know? Yes. They just get all. They get so pissed off with how bad things are down there. They just turn on him. They turn on. Um, they turn on. Um, uh, on creepy, Kinsey. creepy bearded dudes. No kidding. Yeah, I would. I not that lynching. The Mad Men recap does not does not condone lynching in any way. No, and they could not find rope thick enough for that neck. Okay. Okay. Fair enough, my friend. Um, we are then in uh, Pete's office, and his brother's there, who looks just like him, John. Oh yeah, bud. Much like you and I. Identical. Identical. Um, and they're uh, they're cracking some jokes about uh, how their mom's broke. Yeah, yeah. It's always fun to joke about killing your mom. This is all... No, it's not. That's awful. How do That's I, what they do. I know, but come on, man. Uh, the uh, He uh, also breaks the news to his brother here um, that they're thinking about or trying not to think about adoption. Yeah, his brother's not exactly on board for that. <laughs> His brother is altogether a kind of um, un, like has no character, right? Like you, you, there's nothing to his brother. Literally, he's like a hollow figure. Yes, nothing to him. He's not, yes. and he's not a lot like Pete. Like he's not as waspy as Pete is. Yeah, no, he, he really doesn't have any kind of uh, you know defined ambition or drive or energy. Not at all. Um. So, uh, so they kind of go through that. The most important part of that scene is that he reveals um, that he that the whole adoption thing is on the table. We then go back to our favorite part of the episode, where uh, Don is helping put together a puzzle. Which I can't believe Don doesn't. Don can't even sit around and talk. You know, like hang out with his kids, but he can sit in his uh, father-in-law's place and put together a puzzle. Yeah, and you know it, it kind of smells funny in there. Oh, you can just tell that, right? Yes, yes. Oh man, it has that weird musky, like molten, <laughs> molten mold, damp smell. Yes, yeah, mothball. Oh, everywhere you look. Um, and then uh, we 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 go to the scene where maybe Peg, uh, no, Betters has had a little bit too much to drink. She's talking to her brother who climbs through the window for some reason. Yeah, was that weird? I mean, he's what? He's thirty. He's he's an idiot. He is. He's not. He's I, he's, he's actually almost more unlikable than her. Exactly. Man, they had to go a long way to find to cast that guy, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah that geez. was not that was not easy. Man, the casting call went on for months. It's like, Do you know who they should have had play it? Uh, Doogie Howser, Bobby Flay. All right. 
Because he kind of looks like a, you know, like a, a, a scrunched down virgin of, a version of Neil Patrick Harris. He does look like a, the poor man's Neil Patrick Harris. You're right, John. <laughs> My thing is this: are, do, are, 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 are you not catching the the Bobby Flay, or is it just not funny? I'm not catching it. I don't know who that is. We're going to quickly go over this, everybody. I hope people in the audience are enjoying that. Um, So a couple of weeks ago, um, January Jones uh, was driving home. I believe she was driving home from an L.A. Lakers game. And she, uh, uh, about three parked cars jumped right out in front of her. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't hear this. Yeah, and she hit all of them. Um, And, you know, being being afraid for her life um, that those parked cars would come after her, she sped home. Uh, when she got home, John, in her distress, she called Bobby Flay. You know who Bobby Flay is? I don't. Besides being kind of an ass, Bobby Flay is on the Food Network. And he's that grill guy. He's okay. famous for being grilled. He has a few restaurants yeah. here in New okay. York. Yeah, yeah. People love him for some reason. I can't stand him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so it, it just is really funny that uh, you know when you, when you have you hit three parked cars, the first person you call is Bobby Flay. <laughs> I was interested in maybe uh, her her story was uh, she called Bobby Flay because they had been they had met at the or they had been talking uh, a little bit at the Lakers game and uh, she wanted to ask him some more questions about how to redo her kitchen. That's right, John. Also, first thing you think about after you hit three parked cars is man, got to get that advice on the kitchen. Bobby Flay was about to tell me. <laughs> Incredible. Anyway, so now anything that goes wrong in my life. I joke that I'm going to call Bobby Flay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyway, that was a, that was a long bit of nothing. Anyway, so uh, to get back to get back to the show, uh, uh, Betty and her brother are talking. Uh, it's it's mo- it's mostly just about how upset she is with not being able to be home w- w- with her dad being sick. Um, how her mother has been all, all but forgotten in the household, um, and also how she like wants stuff. Well, I mean, I don't see. I didn't really take it as her like putting her name on things or wanting things. It was more like, you know, it's like her mom just died, and she comes home and like every reminder of her mother has already been put away or moved or changed. I think honestly, for as much as we can't stand her, uh, this is this is a very you know understandable reaction. At this point, it's been probably at least a calendar year. It's not like she just died. Okay. I mean, her, her, I mean, her mom, actually, I take that back. It's been over two years. Her mom was dead before season one ever started. John. And I'm, well, just, I'm saying, just saying. When you go home to your childhood home. Right. You would want things to be the same. That, I that's all she's, I can't blame her for that, John. Don't be cold with me. I'm just saying it, it, it's a little bit, it's been a little long. I mean, the grieving process should have gone through by this point. Jeez, oh, man. But it's like a calendar year for most people. Is it? Seriously, I had to put a cold on. It's so cold in here now. Come on, man. You're freezing me out. And so then we move on to the scene with uh, Grandpa Gene uh, screaming at Don uh, that he's got no people. Yeah. Well, you can't you can't trust a guy like that. You can't. I don't. And, I mean, I think we know uh, not to trust Don. Uh, although he's awesome. But uh, it's also like some kind of creepy insight, you know, like where he's telling them, you know, you don't know how good you have it. Type of thing, mm. you know, because Grandpa Gene doesn't know what's going on at home. He doesn't know Don's in the hotel and that kind of thing. He doesn't. Grandpa Gene doesn't know that. Correct. Right. 
we move on to the, the next scene where uh, Pete is at his palatial mansion, where his mother is. Um, the family palatial mansion, I should say. And uh, his brother's there with uh, about a babillion papers for uh, them all to sign. And uh, I'm afraid we get into a little tussle with mom. Well, because the whole, I thought that was really funny, where, where the mom kind of uh, steps in and says, I heard you're going to have an adoption. That's not okay. And he looks at Bud with like the death stare. And, oh, and Bud says, Bud says, it just came up. <laughs> and, and in Pete's defense, he's like, how is that possible? Yeah. How, how that just come up? Things just come up, man. It just yeah. happens. Uh-huh. But uh, this doesn't end well between mom and Pete. No, but you know, you almost you almost kind of back Pete in this case. Oh, totally. She's a she's a cold hard bitch, man. And we, we so we kind of see where Pete comes from. Indeed. Indeed. So, they, but he he does he he drops the bomb that the uh, the wealth that she thinks she has is not really there. Yes, yes. And we don't know really where it went. Apparently. Uh, his dad just spent it on uh, golf and and like dinners. Yeah, club memberships and travel. Like, he didn't have a mistress, and uh, that was it. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Uh, we go back to the uh, Grandpa Jean's house, and everybody's getting ready for bed, and they're up in uh, in Betty's room. And uh, Betty gives Don the the floor, uh, which is pretty nice. Uh, but later that night, uh, Don is awoken. Um, to the to the gentle caress of Betty uh, coming down on the floor to meet him, John. He's jumping him for a little midnight tweaking, as they say. Nobody uh, says that. Okay, and uh, this is this is all together strange, but I feel like it's a uh, Betty's in a weird headspace right here. She's just she's just looking for something to replace the angst that she's feeling from her her. Her father being so sick. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God. You're right. Thank you. It was insightful. Every, All right. Know, we, we often get a lot of comments about how insightful um, you are, and that, that did not disappoint. Uh, we, can, we then go down to the creepiest scene in the episode, John. Yeah, it's, we, and it, it's really kind of sad, too. It is sad and off-putting uh, at best. Uh, we're down at breakfast, and uh, Betty's feeling okay. Things seem to be going all right. And she comes out of the kitchen, I think, just after taking some plates in. And uh, Grandpa Jean uh, mistakes her... Uh, uh, again. Again for his... Uh, his, his um, Ex-wife. Ex for, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I, I'm trying to come up with the right term for the passed on. For his passed on wife. His deceased Ruthie. His deceased Ruthie, John, and um, kind of goes up for a boob grab. And you know what, what? What makes this, I think, even more awkward is the way they set it up. So when he called her Ruthie earlier, mm -hmm. it made this scene even more believable, which which it makes it even more sad. Right. You know. Uh huh. And uh, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't really get it. Um, Gloria doesn't really seem to be any help. Uh, Glory is worthless. Yeah. But man, all together, I remember the first time we saw this episode and you're just like, Gee! Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, you're uncomfortable at home uh, behind the television. Oh, yeah. It's a lot to handle. It's a lot to handle. They try to put it all behind them. And then we see um, 
Betty and Don upstairs in her childhood room, and uh, her um, the uh, the housekeeper comes up, who apparently yeah. must have been uh, pretty much raised uh, Betty because she definitely has a strong kinship with her. Yeah, yeah, no, I t- uh, and, and Viola seems to be you know pretty straight straight shooter, straight shooter, pretty good indeed. woman. Yep, your dad is very sick. Right, and that was actually very comforting. Indeed. Indeed, someone from her past that is, you know, still with it and a strong figure. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, next thing we know, John, we're back at the Draper household. And, uh, but I, I just, I think the way that the, the, the whole conversation with Viola ended was uh, just very poignant. Because, you, know, you know, she's like, when, when you leave him, you'll remember how he was. And uh, it's all good outside that door. And Viola doesn't know just how bad it is outside the door. Oh, it is horrible outside that door, John. Yeah, I it mean, is you know, a it is a train crashing into a. Wait a minute, I said that wrong. Oh no, it, it is. It's a mess. Uh, you can have the train crash into anything you want. Okay. It's appropriate. Okay, thank you for saving me. Uh, with that said, John, we're back at the Draper household, and um, well, uh, Don thinks he's going to take. Hey, it's been a long drive. Okay, I'm going to run upstairs and take a quick shower. I'm exhausted. What do you think you're doing? Where do you think you're going? Oh, no. You're not staying here, Buster. Don gets the cold shoulder again, my friend. But I think this really caught him off guard after the night before. Indeed, that's true. She is sending mixed messages, you could say. I would say that. I would say that, of course. Uh, So, Don, uh, pretty upset. How much longer is this going to go on? Why don't you go back to the Roosevelt now? That's a tough one. Yeah, so he heads out. He does. Uh, Don, uh, then we see him coming to work, and we're having a, and I don't remember if this, it feels, this feels like an impromptu almost, um, uh, kind of a, a weird baby shower for uh, Crane. Yep. Uh, he's in a baby bonnet, John, which I find altogether disturbing. But I found it a little more appropriate. Indeed. He does have a baby. He's a baby face kind of guy. When he's one of, like, you know, he's, he's one of the more naive and mature of the group. Indeed. Um, the other guys are telling him how, how uh, his life is indeed over, John. Um, he's having a child, and uh, he is now going into uh, kind of a family prison, you could say. Uh, and, of course, Kinsey takes it one step too far. As he, as he will. What does he say? Yeah, I mean, he just he keeps going on like, you know, your life is over. Craig's like, okay, I get it. Enough. He's a great big ass. Uh, <laughs> He's a dumb animal, isn't he? <laughs> uh, Don kind of peeks in. Really funny part is um, Cooper. Cooper. <laughs> Cooper sticks his head <laughs> in. And he's like, I just wanted to say happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's great, man. I'll tell you what. I love the guy that plays Cooper. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah. I would just like to also point it point out in this scene. Um, uh, Peggy is wearing a buffalo check um, kind of uh, outfit, which yeah. I swear to you, right now I've seen on the train here in New York about a billion times. All it's pretty sharp. Actually. All the hipsters will be wearing are wearing this, and um, yeah, what, what can you say? Mad Men is leading the trends. Uh, they did give they did give uh, a crane a. More than substantial amount of Lucky Strike cigarettes. Well, it was funny because all the gifts were from the storeroom. Exactly. 
Hey, that's a pretty good storeroom. I'll tell you what, my storeroom was full of just deodorant <laughs> at work. Not here. I don't have a storeroom in my apartment. Moving on. Uh, best part of this, like this, this kind of uh, encapsulated part of the episode, uh, we do learn um, that Don decides not he's going to go to California. I think he's kind of had it here in New York with all the hubbub that's going on in his life. Uh, uh, but then uh, Joan gets the uh, the unique pleasure of telling Kinsey he's not going. And, you know, she doesn't even give him a chance to no. do this in private. Oh, no. She, it's so good. It's too good. No, she she enjoys public emasculation. Uh-huh. Especially, especially that professional douche. Uh, he looks as if he's going to cry, and she's like, I really do need a ticket right now. They're not at home, are they? Which is kind of some extra little shot, you know? Like, he was so excited to go, he's taken the tickets home and put them on his wall or something. Yeah. She's a genius. God God, I love her. Amazing. Or I should I should say I love how she's written because man, he is good at just giving her the zingers. He's yeah. good at, she's good at zinging them. Yeah. And and you know he tries to make uh, he to his credit he, he kind of turns it around and like well if I'm not going to California I guess I'll go with Sheila to the south. I don't think he turns that around, John. He has to. He has to. I don't think he really has a choice. Well, he could have just stayed and worked. Well, then she would find out. I, I think he, I think he really had no choice. All right. Um, a few uh, awkward things uh, happen at the little, uh, the little soiree here. Uh-huh. Um, namely, the best being um, that the uh, Hildy. Hildy, yes, Hildy, um, the woman that uh, he had had a bit of an affair with, a little fling, a one night stand, if you will, um, makes a drunken. Um, well wish to him that is altogether awkward and uncomfortable. Exactly how it was written. Yeah, it was wonderful. Uh, what else? What else we got going on here? Well, and then and so from from the party we go. You know, really we go to Pete talking to Peggy, and this is what the third or fourth time now. Yeah, that- it's gotten weird. So just just to be clear, the party kind of um, empties out into the main office. So Pete is standing there by by his office by the door. It's open. He's just kind of standing there watching what's going on, watching Cosgrove um, uh, meat hook somebody. And uh, Peggy comes over to say goodbye. And then. And so, you know, Pete, you know, just like he did when he was talking about shooting an animal. <laughs> Creepy. And, and, uh, and he, I know he did it uh, once again after that. And yeah. now he's going into... Uh, he just launches into the stream of consciousness, starting with, you know, his concern about the airplane since the uh, first time since he last flew. But he's been on one several times. And then he goes into, uh, you know, uh, things about his mom and how, you know, who says it wouldn't be better. And he starts talking about the adoption, but in very loose terms. And Peggy's lost. And who wouldn't be? She's not only lost, John. I feel like she just doesn't care this time. It's like, honestly, man, you're making next to no sense. Oh, yeah. And I've kind of had it with this. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously drunk. Uh, and I think that is uh, the catalyst for this um, vocal meandering. Uh, but uh, Peggy's just like, yeah, she, I think she literally says, I don't know what you're talking about. You're going to be fine. I'm going to go. You should go, too. <laughs> like you know, go home, man. You're embarrassing yourself and me. A little, uh, 
A little bit too much there from Pete. Uh, we see uh, in the next scene, uh, Betty's kind of home alone. Uh, it's dark, obviously, because Don's not there. And she hears some rustling in the outside. Uh, goes to the door and, and locks it. The dog is there. Uh, but the next morning when she goes outside, uh, she finds, as I like to refer to him, our hero, Glenn, uh, camped out in the, um, in the little playhouse um, that Don had built. Um, for Sally's birthday, I think. Yeah, back in season one. Uh, he's got some milk there. He's got some comic books and a flashlight. He's run away from home, John. And wouldn't you? I would. Uh, I would indeed. I find his mother off-putting. Didn't you run away from home once? I ran away a couple times. Uh, our mother was not off-putting, though. She's a lovely woman. Uh, it's just something you got to do sometimes. All right. Fair enough. Uh, so obviously, uh, Betty, uh, invites him in. Uh, he's looking a little disheveled. He could definitely use the shower. He doesn't necessarily need a hot meal. He's got a few pounds on him, but we do make him a, uh, peanut butter or, oh, we make him a ham sandwich, I think. Yes, that he then complains about. Well, if you don't like it, John. Anyway, uh, long and short of it, I think he starts to tell, uh, Betty that he wants to save her. Yes, he offers to rescue her. From, from life? Yeah. It, it, well, I, you know, I think it is. I think he really, you know, because if you remember, Betty, uh, Betty broke down and, and looked toward Glenn for help. That's traumatic. Yeah. My question is this. Is Glenn a shaman or something? Because I don't, I don't, I, it's creepy, man. I don't know. I've never seen a shaman weigh that much. The thing is, uh, he seems to have, I don't think anyone can disagree with this, uh, Glenn seems to have some superhuman power. Like, he's older than his age. Uh, or at least that's how they kind of portray him, as being this uh, insightful uh, young adult who, it's like there's a, there's a 35-year-old man trapped inside little, a little fat kid. Uh, it's, it's altogether weird. But he, you know, I, I just think he's, he's got such, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's how he's being brought up. His mom, at least what he says is, you know, dating different guys all the time. and Another trollop, if you will. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, he doesn't want to get shipped off to his dad. And, um, you know, he's, he's hung out with Betty before and he has a lock of her hair. And she, uh, he certainly does have a, uh, have an emotional attachment to her. Yeah. Indeed. Then, John, um, Betty does the unthinkable. Well, no, she does the thinkable. Well, to Glenn, it's the unthinkable. Well, yes. She obviously contacts, contacts uh, Glenn's mother, and they come in for an ambush. And he, he doesn't take it well. Well, would you? No. No, I wouldn't either. Um, it, 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 the, the, this, whole, this whole experience was strange, though. I forgot to mention that... Um, you know, after they have their sandwich, uh, Glenn and Betty are sitting on the couch. Uh, they're almost holding hands. I, I, am I missing some kind of metaphor here or some kind of symbolism? I just, is she a child and he's a child? It just, just comes across as weird more than, uh. No, no, I don't think so. I think it's just, uh, you know, it's two people that are looking for companionship. And they're they're okay sharing that moment, despite the fact that it's not typical. 
But certainly, Glenn does have a have have a have a crush, have a little boy crush on. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. On but Betty. I think uh, you know, I think Betty's just you know she's tired of being completely by herself, and uh, Glenn's just a little older than Sally. He is an old soul, and, and he is an old soul. He's a kindred spirit, indeed. Uh, so yeah, she comes. Uh, she comes to pick him up, and we do get a "I hate you." Out of, uh, out of Glenn. So, um, in essence, ending their relationship. Pretty much. Uh, just a real quick scene they threw in here of uh, Kinsey on a bus uh, to Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, pontificating about advertising uh, and everyone looking altogether annoyed. Except for Kinsey, who just loves hearing himself talk. Well, he can hear the sound of his own voice in that tin can of a bus. It's probably echoing around uh, like a ricochet rubber ball. But thanks to him, I now know that the consumer has no color. Indeed, it doesn't. Uh, I don't know how he wasn't beaten to death. Um, we can only hope. I just don't think that... He will, uh, he will be in season four. I don't think AMC could show that. Uh, no, they don't have to show it. They just, you know... Anyway. Uh, that's just a quick scene that is overall just altogether delightful. Um, we kind of... We kind of end uh, most of the episode. Uh, this this last bit um, is um, Glenn's mom talking to Betty. Well, right, because she's you know she's a little concerned that uh, when Glenn runs away, he runs away to Betty. Like, yeah. what's going on? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and she just she makes a quick comment that you know, hey, you got to give him some more attention. And then she just kind of launches into the whole problem she's having. She does well, I, and we know though that. Um, What's, what's Glenn's mom's name? It's Helen Bishop. Yes, right. Sorry. Helen Bishop uh, has been through this very thing. Um, uh, the whole husband problem, as they say. Yeah. Uh, so it, it makes sense that if Betty was going to tell anybody, uh, she did tell uh, Helen Bishop. Well. And then that's, you know, that's really it. We, we, end, uh, we end about, uh, what, 30,000 feet above the... Above the ground. We do. Probably flying somewhere over Ohio with uh, Don having a smoke and dreaming of California like we all do. And Pete in a blindfold. Pete is the biggest turd. (laughs) (laughs) I find it, I find it, I find it wonderful that how, how much he, how, how well the show is written that, you know, it's like, I'm going to add these four turd characters and just drop them the worst, like, lines the word not that they're bad lines but you know what i mean like lines that make him seem even worse um it's just the show is just very well written and uh those guys make it so entertaining but i i don't i like i really thought the last shot was just fantastic because the 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 plane is making some kind of a turn and so the there's a little bit of sunlight on his face mm. and then then his whole like his nose and his eyes wind up getting illuminated kind of like the the blinds being drawn up on a window and it's uh you know it's just it's opening a door to this west coast adventure that we'll be seeing here in the next uh in the next episode good god john what eloquent it's just just... geez i'm crying over here that was beautiful you really know how to end a show but john yes show's not over not Not a chance no not our show sir we have a few no. emails. Uh, there's been some rough ones. There's been some good ones. 
Take me through. Should I open up the mailbag? Let's hear it. <clears throat> Let me find the button. There it is. Mailbag. <laughs> yes, yes. No, we got we got uh, we got four nice emails since our our last show, yeah, however right. long ago. Uh, we got one from Lori B and Rob W. That uh, and it's it's fun because uh, some of the mails we have coming in are people that are just starting. How are you, know, you just starting, people? Where have you the, been? By the way, I would like to congratulate you that this is recap episode number twenty-five. Hey, hey, you know what that means? No, I don't either. All right. And so these, uh, you know, they're, they're just getting started. So it, it's fun because we hear some stuff that we heard back when we were doing it. And, you know, things like the, the audio quality that we've worked on to fix. We're trying. Um, you know, like they, they point out that, yes, they love Kate. We all love Kate. We, we miss Kate. She, I think, is in, in route, right? She's coming back. She's on her way back from California. Yeah. yeah. Which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, no, I'm happy. Um, they, they, uh, but they, they said that they, they actually asked for props for Hildy. This is the first time I've ever heard that. Hey, you know what? I'm going to give them. All right. She is. She's an attractive young lady. She is. Indeed. She is. Uh, and they also point out that uh, apparently Tony Kornheiser, who is a sports columnist and has a podcast, okay, loves Mad Men and hates Betty. And I'm right. finding that to be a theme, John. <laughs> <laughs> Most of our emails, folks, honestly, almost every email talks about how much people hate Betty. And it's and I I'm starting to feel bad for January Jones. I mean, you know, parked cars are jumping at her. Um everybody hates her. Uh almost every email talks about how how bad of an actress she is. Yeah. Uh but let's not forget everyone. If she wasn't uh if she wasn't somehow good at this role, we wouldn't hate the character nearly as much as we do. You're going to find some people that disagree with that. Okay. But uh, but no, part of part of that's absolutely right. So uh, so, but definitely, thank thank you very much, uh, Lori and Rob. Mm-hmm. And we got uh, we got another email. We got one from Ed. 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 Ed starts off his email with "Where did you go?" Um, we're sorry, Ed. We're back. We're back. We're back. John and I took a trip to California together to find ourselves. That's just because you don't want to tell people it was really Wisconsin. Terrible. <laughs> Um, but he says he's, he's watched the first three seasons of uh, Mad Men via Netflix and doesn't have cable. So, Ed, what I'm saying is check out this iTunes feature. What, what's it called? The Season Pass, right? Season Pass. People, I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, uh, now I've got, a hooked, I've got an Apple TV hooked up to our TV, so it makes a little bit more sense. But the Season Pass is, is great. You get it Monday morning. It downloads, and uh, you have the episode. You can watch it. You can rewatch it. It's really exceptional. And you can get it in HD. Now, Ed also says, did you watch Pirate Radio? I did not. Did you I see have. It? Yes, I've seen it. Okay. Now, he, he thinks that, um, <laughs> Ed says, the first time I saw Mad Men, January Jones looked like an angel. When I saw her in Pirate Radio, her beauty was gone. Now, I don't know what he's talking about. She was, she, <laughs> she, she's, 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 the, she's the beautiful woman in Pirate Radio. Like, that's kind of the thing. It's like, she's this amazingly, I... I don't agree with you, Ed. I'm I'm, I'm not quite sure. Where, I'm not quite sure we're going with that. I, maybe it's because she just wasn't dressed like the '50s. But right, and, okay. and he, he even says, "I don't know if it's because she's losing her looks or because he hates Betty Draper." I'm guessing so, the latter. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think so. Um, we got uh, we got another one from Aisha uh, from Portland, and she says that she was completely stunned and confused to read. That the acting 101 actress January Jones was nominated for an Emmy. <laughs> uh, 
I wasn't aware that performing like a 15-year-old in a school play warrants an Emmy nod. So confused. God, jeez. Um, so, so I, you know, again, it, it. you're right. I mean, is she playing it the way she's supposed to, and that's why we hate her? Or is she really not as talented as some of the other actresses out there? Both. <laughs> yeah, both. And, um... Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, I mean, she's not going to win. It's it's exciting that she got the nod, and I think it, part of it is um, being part of such a great show. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, and then uh, lastly, we got um, a couple emails from again another listener, Kim, uh, who's you know just starting to catch up. So a lot of stuff on on some of the older episodes from back when we started um, uh, doing season two and the end of season three. And so we'll, we'll uh, you know just kind of. Say thanks a lot, uh, Kim, for for that. She she had a little uh, little uh, issue with uh, one of the the Roger Joan uh, series back when uh, he kind of pushed her to the side after his heart attack. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I think uh, what I think is we love the emails. We do, John. Uh, they're my favorite part of doing the show. So please, everyone, keep them coming. Uh, <clears throat> if you're not familiar, we uh, we get. Uh, we get the emails at staff at madmenrecap.com. And John, yep. madmenrecap.com is our webpage. It is. Where yep. every show is posted, and there's a little blog post for each. And at the, each post, at the end of each post, not only can you see the phone number to call and leave us a voicemail mm-hmm. through Google Voice, but there's also a comment section. And this time, we got a comment. Hey. Uh, this was from Invisible Missile. It says, uh, oh, my geez, I love this podcast (laughs) and found it quite amusing when you couldn't think of the character of Larry David, especially since it's the Larry David show. (laughs) Fair enough. From the last episode. And uh, I want to I want to point out that uh, the the recap is going strong. We are now exactly one member away from 100. As far as people that like the Mad Men recap Facebook page. We are. So please, uh, if you haven't. Uh, put us over the hundred mark. Uh, I don't know if John's mentioned this, but um, when we reach the hundredth person, sorry, the hundredth person will get a special surprise. Oh, all yes. right. Yes, you will. Yes, you and will. Uh, the the the, uh, the 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 Facebook page is also the home of all of our wonderful arts and photos that have been mm-hmm. sent in from our listeners uh, over the year. Now, are we failing to mention? I feel like we're failing to mention a piece of art that we got. Um, the who, who's the bigger creep? Oh, this was actually just directly posted onto the wall. It was. Yeah, yeah. This was put up June twenty fifth by Anne. Thank you, Anne. And I, this was great. Well done, Anne. Um, she's putting up um, Rapey Pete Campbell. Yes. Against uh, scumbag Greg, the fiance of Joan, who actually is true scumbagginess will come through within the next three episodes. Is that right? Yes. Fair enough. Well, that sounds good. Now, John... Um, one last I... thing. Oh, okay. The one the one last place people can come and uh, tell us how much they think of us, good or bad, is on iTunes. All right, yeah. So we, I want to say thank you. We're up to 39 total ratings, most of those being over five stars. Oh, man, you know, I'm looking at the average rating right now, and we are at a four and a half. 
Oh, I know. This is this is great. Bye-bye. And uh, since the last show, we got uh, Jill and G. Marty uh, left uh, uh, five stars saying, hope to hear you both for season four. Love the show. Mm. And uh, Shep Deuce uh, said they, they started listening because they were getting restless, didn't really have any expectations for a recap podcast. Uh, but now they love the show. They want the next show. And uh, it says that we got some good chemistry, which is amazing since we're a thousand miles apart. Um, is it that far? It doesn't feel that far, John. Wow, that was was that wrong. crazy? Yeah, I do my uh, best. And they, they, and uh, the the chef also says that luckily they listen at work because otherwise they'd be drunk as a skunk because of your drinking game and the messed up names. You know, thank you. Um, that was very kind. <clears throat> uh, a lot of people hate it when I drink. I was drinking tonight. Uh, but I only had one. So I'm, one, I'm not drunk. Uh, but maybe next time. <laughs> I don't think anybody believes that. That I'm not drunk? Oh, you only had one. I, okay. Then your business. John. <laughs> yes. Thanks for the end of the show, buddy. Great show. Oh my God. Let's try to do another one really soon. I tell you what, we are going to try, we're going to try to finish off season two. That's and, a and it, oh. Hey guys, guys, everybody, everybody out there, listen, this, it's, it's Paul speaking to you right now. I have an idea that I want to do. Let me know if you want to do it too. I was thinking, John and I, and maybe if Kate gets back from California in time, we do a predictions episode just for giggles, just for silliness, before the start of uh, the next season. So like, like a couple days before, like real close. And what I'd love is if a few of you sent in a few predictions. So like your top three or top five predictions. I'm putting it out now so you can think about it and get back to us. And there's so many things to think about. So many. You know, how's the company going to do? Are we going to see uh, the people that got axed? Uh, how are the relationships going to go? Is Peggy going to get hit by a bus? That's, no, that's one of them. That's one? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see what they come up with. I can't wait, John. All right, man. Great show. We'll see you next time. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye.